You're listening to AIB Market Talk, bringing you financial market insights from AIB's experts. Hello and welcome to our AIB Market Update. I'm John Heffernan from our Customer Treasury Unit, and I am joined this week by AIB's Senior Economist, John Fahey, to discuss recent developments on financial markets. We'll discuss the recent events in the UK and discuss the wider impacts on the currency markets. John, let's begin where the action is. Last night, we saw the new Chancellor of the Exchequer reverse recent initiatives of the new PM. And to take a step back from that, the UK has had a lot of action over the last week or so, particularly the last 24, 48 hours. Can you take us through what's been happening with the Bank of England and the wider implications? Yes, I can indeed, uh, John. So the context obviously is that the mini budget that was in, in late September and uh, the complete mess that the UK uh, cabinet has made in relation to that budget uh, and basically it frightened markets uh, in terms of the uh, measures announced uh, and the uh, issue over uh, fiscal uh, position of the UK and the difficulties that could arise from that. So we saw that reaction uh, on bond markets with a sharp surge in in bond yields following uh, the mini budget. So that's the context of where we are uh, at the moment. So in the last week, what we saw uh, was continued volatility in UK gilt markets uh, and also for sterling. Uh, and that was centred around you know, different signals coming from both the Bank of England uh, and uh, the UK government. In terms of the Bank of England, uh, obviously uh, a few weeks ago in the aftermath of uh, the market reaction to the mini budget, uh, the BOE implemented a temporary uh, bond buying programme to try and ease some of the pressure on UK gilt yields, which had surged substantially higher. So last Friday, those purchases uh, were scheduled to end. But in the early part of last week, there was increasing speculation that the Bank of England may extend uh, that deadline uh, further out. Uh, We had the Bank of England Governor Bailey ruling that out, but no sooner had he ruled it out than we had reports uh, suggesting from other Bank of England members that no, it may uh, in effect uh, be extended. Now, in the end, it wasn't extended, but that policy uncertainty uh, caused a bit of volatility. But the bigger uncertainty was around uh, the UK government's fiscal policy measures from that mini budget. Uh, and as the week progressed, there was increasing speculation that there was going to be further policy U turns uh, in that regard, even though initially uh, UK cabinet spokes uh, people rule that out. So there was that uh, uncertainty and uh, cross communication in relation to that as well. As it turned out on Friday, uh, we did get that policy U-turn. Uh, so Prime Minister Truss uh, announced that she was uh, changing her Chancellor of the Exchequer, uh, in, uh, introducing Jeremy Hunt as the new Chancellor, uh, and at the same time rolling back on some of those uh, fiscal policy U-turns. So the re- announcement last week was in relation to the corporate tax rate uh, to uh, go to 25%. And then uh, at the start of this week and over the weekend, uh, obviously there was a lot of speculation about further policy U-turns and that got announced yesterday, uh, as you referenced there, uh, in terms of the 1p cut to the lower income tax rate being uh, not going to be implemented. Uh, also in relation to the energy price guarantee to uh, finish in April, 18 months earlier than, than previously envisaged. And the Chancellor is expected, uh, he, he did announce that uh, all spending plans are under review. So we expect uh, cuts to some of those spending programs over the next while. So a lot's happened. I suppose taking a step back and looking at it from a market's perspective, uh, developments uh, since Friday have been viewed overall 
positively in terms of the new chancellor uh, and his change, complete policy U-turn in terms of fiscal policy uh, has suited market concerns to some extent. So, you know, in the last 48 hours, we've seen UK guilt shields decline by around 30 uh, to 40 basis points. Uh, now, they're still well up, though, uh, compared to where they were before that mini budget. So, you know, there's still about 100 uh, basis points uh, across some of the durations on the curve higher than where they were uh, before the budget was announced. But they are off back down off their peaks uh, from where they were in the immediate aftermath of that. So the change in policy uh, has helped suit some concerns. Uh, in markets uh, around, uh, you know, fiscal sustainability in the UK, uh, but yields are still higher than where they were before that mini budget uh, was announced. We've also seen it's had a beneficial impact uh, on sterling. Sterling, uh, as we talked about uh, over the last couple of weeks, did come right under the cosh uh, on those concerns on the fiscal sustainability uh, and the policy stance of the uh, UK government. Uh, so what we've seen since then over the course of last week and in the early part of this week, uh, sterling recovers some ground. So in level terms, we've seen sterling against the dollar trade back up uh, into the 113 level. In fact, it did trade above 114 temporarily. Uh, and if you look at uh, compared to where it was, you know, we did have a low in late September of sterling against the dollar down just below the, that 104 level. Uh, so we have seen recovery uh, in sterling. Uh, and also it's reflective in the euro sterling pair. You know, the high of that was 92p in the aftermath of that budget in, in late September. Since then, sterling has recovered uh, ground against the euro uh, and it's trading roughly in an 86 to 87p trading range uh, over the last 24 hours. And where do you think it's going to go from here, given the measures that have been basically taken to repair the fiscal stance and the damage that was being seen by from a market sense? Well, Okay, so the policy U-turn uh, has has helped soothe market concerns and, and provided some support to sterling and, and UK gilt markets. But from a sterling viewpoint, uh, when you look at the outlook, it's still a very challenging outlook for the UK economy. So this change in fiscal policy stance isn't going to suddenly change the direction that the UK economy is heading in. If you look at the Bank of England, the Bank of England uh, across its raft of scenarios thinks the UK economy could, could, could contract by in the region of minus 0.5% to 1.5% over the next 12 to 18 months. So the UK economy is still facing a very challenging economic uh, outlook. Uh, and that's combined with the fact that we are starting to see more and more of the impact that Brexit is having on the international trade side of the UK economy. Uh, so even though the change in fiscal policy has helped provide some support to sterling, uh, our house view would be that we think sterling will still remain under pressure as we move towards the end of this year into next year because of the very weak economic and challenging outlook uh, facing uh, the UK. So from that perspective, in level terms, uh, we probably see euro sterling trading back up towards uh, the uh, 89 to 90p uh, levels. Uh, so you're looking at maybe a trading range in, in, in uh, 87 to 93p trading range as we move from this year into next year. And broadening out the conversation, we've seen extraordinary monetary policy from all central banks. Fundamentally big shifting of where the economy is and what it, the re, new reality is going to be. Like, do you want to take up the conversation around that, maybe looking at the QT kind of element that's been kind of announced? Yeah, so, like, if you think, uh, you know, it's been a decade or so or even more than a decade of zero or near negative interest rates, and this combined with quantitative easing where major central banks have been engaged in active buying of bonds on the market, 
And because it's gone on for so long, it has resulted in a, in a mispricing of risk over a prolonged period of time across many asset classes. Uh, and this is becoming even more and more apparent now uh, because central banks are starting to tighten monetary policy quite aggressively in terms of aggressive uh, interest rate uh, hikes. And what it has shown is that, uh, you know, the lessons learned is that these extremely loose monetary policies comprising of, of, of zero or near negative interest rates and QE, that these were emergency measures introduced to help stabilize financial systems, but they were in place for too long and they helped uh, because of that, uh, they resulted in you know this buildup uh, and mispricing of risk. So central banks now uh, are gonna find it very difficult uh, in terms of the unwinding of QE. In other words, active selling down of their balance sheets, which is you refer to there as QT, quantitative tightening. We've seen it in the US in terms of the Fed uh, around its mortgage-backed uh, securities uh, holdings. It hasn't really been able to wind that down through active selling. Uh, and in the past 24 hours, we've seen the Bank of England has announced uh, that uh, it is postponing the start of its Q QT program, which was meant to happen uh, at the end of October. Uh, and the ECB has basically avoided really any mention of embarking on, on quantitative tightening. So indeed, uh, no doubt the problems in, in regards to you know where markets are at the moment uh, and that mispricing of risk, it's it's hard to see the Bank of England in, in, engage in, in any kind of large scale Q, QT program uh, over the next couple of months. Uh, and overall, what we expect from a QT perspective, is central banks may have to be patient uh, and basically allow their their large bond portfolio holdings to roll off as, as they mature on their balance sheet rather than active uh, selling of that. And to br bring the conversation back to what most of our listeners want to talk about, Currencies. Firstly, uh, obviously, point out that we've published now the latest edition of the Forex and Interest Rate Monthly Update and Outlook that customers can get on FX Center um, on the AIB website. Um, I would encourage anyone to go look at it because it'll give a thorough view of the house view. But if you can kind of give us a synopsis there of where you think currencies are going to go and then in the last quarter of the year, particularly looking at, say, dollar and euros, given that we've spoken quite a bit about sterling. Well, when we look at the outlook uh, from a euro dollar perspective, you know, at the moment, the dollar is still very much uh, to the fore. Uh, if you look at where euro dollar is, uh, you know, it's trading obviously below parity. Uh, it's been a bit of volatility, but within fairly narrow ranges, uh, you know, this 0.97 to 0.99 trading range uh, over the last while. Uh, as we look at the outlook, uh, we still think that the dollar was hold sway uh, into the end uh, of this year. Uh, but as we move into uh, the first half of next year, we think uh, euro dollar could edge uh, slightly higher. Uh, so, you know, in terms of the midpoint of a trading range, maybe by half year next year, midpoint of around 1.02. So get back up towards uh, parity. And you may ask, well, why is that given that, you know, the outlook is 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 just as challenging, if not more challenging uh, for the Eurozone, especially with the uh, energy supply issue there. And, and that's correct. But uh, one thing that has changed from your perspective is the ECB is no longer implementing a negative interest rate strategy. Uh, so it's removed that drag that's been on the Euro over the last number of years. And the ECB itself is now aggressively hiking interest rates uh, similar to the Fed. So while rates 
uh, in the from an ECB perspective are still well below where they are uh, in the US. If you look at the current rates uh, in the Eurozone, it's 0.75 for the deposit rate versus 3.125 uh, in the US. But nonetheless, ECB is now aggressively hiking interest rates. So that interest rate differential is no longer such a drag from a Euro perspective. But also, uh, if you look at what the market expects, uh, the market expects US rates uh, to peak uh, in the early part of next year uh, around, uh, you know, Four 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 point nine percent, maybe just short uh, of 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 five percent. Uh, but uh, you know the market is anticipating the possibility that the Fed may actually have to start cutting interest rates in the second half of, of twenty twenty three. Whereas market expectations for the ECB is that rates would peak below the US at three percent, but remain at that level. So we think as we move into next year and, and the market starts to look ahead. Uh, and anticipate the possibility because of the outlook for the US economy uh, that the Fed may have to start to cut interest rates, that could be a slight drag uh, on the dollar. So that's why we do have euro dollar getting back above parity uh, as we move in during the first half of next year. But again, in, in level terms and percentage wise, these will be fairly gradual, modest moves. Uh, and we don't envisage getting back well above parity, but edging back above parity uh, as we move into the second half, or as we move through the first half uh, of next year from a euro sterling viewpoint as i outlined there you know very challenging outlook uh, for the uk economy so our bias for the euro sterling pair uh, would be some slight upward moves but you know within a trading range of 87 to 93 p but our bias would be towards you know the midpoint of that trading range in or around 90 p uh, through the first half of next year but again any anything at the moment forecasting uh, is extremely difficult uh, especially from a euro perspective because of the issue uh, of the war in ukraine and the potential impact uh, the energy supplies could have and that's not really a story for this year you know stockpiles have been built up as we've mentioned on previous podcasts it could be more an apparent issue for, for next year in terms of 2023 uh, and outwards and the ability to be able to actually stockpile again then and the issues around that so it's a challenging time uh, for trying to uh, forecast, you know, GDP in that, and it's especially challenging uh, from a, a, an FX perspective. But uh, as I said, all the central banks are hiking interest rates aggressively, uh, so the change next year could be that the market starts to anticipate uh, some modest rate cuts from the Fed. To sum up um, the kind of update, John, then we're looking at the UK in a bit of flux, to put it mildly. Um, America has a clear plan of where it's going, but it's... So well, facing its own challenges. Yeah, the U.S. economy, like it's a very strong labor market in the U.S. economy, uh, but uh, in terms of underlying activity, you are seeing a loss of momentum from that side. Uh, and the one we always pay close attention to is what's happening in the U.S. in terms of the consumer sector. So the jobs market there, you know, will support consumer spending. But, uh, you know, given the inflation, the real income squeeze there, you are going to see slower growth on the consumer side. And it's the consumer that drives the U.S. economy. Uh, so you are seeing the U.S. economy lose momentum uh, as well. But of the three economies that we're looking at in terms of the U.S., the Eurozone and the U.K., uh, probably in terms of where forecasts are, they're the most downbeat uh, for the U.K. economy. And in terms of the ECB, we're not expecting anything major out. Uh, so in ter- uh, for next week's ECB meeting, uh, what we're expecting is another uh, 75 basis points increase, uh, which would leave one more meeting uh, left then. So there's two meetings left as the meeting next week. And then there's the December meeting. Uh, so the market's currently pricing uh, UK or Eurozone rates uh, in around 2% by the end of the year. 
uh, and peaking around 3% next year uh, and remaining at that level. So that would see, uh, would work out around 75 base points in November uh, and 50 base points of hikes uh, in, in December. And that would get us to 2% and our house view would be closely aligned with that. Uh, from a UK perspective, in terms of rates there, uh, the peak of rates only a week and a half ago was 6%. <clears throat> so that's come in a good bit now uh, in terms of market pricing. Uh, it's closer to five and a quarter percent. Our own view is that we think that UK rates may peak around four and a half percent in the first half of next year. We don't think uh, that they'll go as high as the market's expecting because we think the Bank of England uh, won't be able to go that far. Uh, because the very weak outlook uh, that the UK economy is inflation is facing and that weaker outlook should see inflation start to fall back anyway. So uh, our view would be that uh, markets are, even though they've they've softened somewhat in terms of UK interest rate expectations, uh, they probably, we, we would see them uh, peaking below 5%, maybe close to 4.5%. John, many thanks for the update. Again, a lot going on and there's a lot in that update. And a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us for this podcast. Stay up to date with the latest market developments. Please subscribe to AB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Take care and good luck. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. AIB NI is a trademark used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.